Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kushlash in Vegas, the podcast. I am your host, Taylor Kusha, a.k.a. Kushlash. As you guys know, we're on SoundCloud, Kushlash in Vegas, and my thread on 2 plus 2 is Kushlash in Vegas, TLDR, and that is in the Las Vegas lifestyle section. You guys can feel free to post questions or or in that thread or PM me there. It's My handle is just Kushlash. And so I have played a few sessions since the the last episode, and they've gone pretty well. Not for any, not for any reason, having to do with results or anything like that. Or I actually think I played kind of bad yesterday, just mostly towards the end of my session when I was just kind of tired and had had enough or whatever, and did a couple things that were probably suboptimal. And so. But the reason that I uh, that I that I think that the sessions went well was because for as long as I could, I was paying attention to the game and just developing reads and thinking about people's ranges and you know just just actually paying attention to hands that I was not in and hand reading and thinking, okay, what 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 could that action mean about this guy's hand? And then paying attention to showdowns and seeing whether I was right or wrong and then adjusting just adjusting my my thinking from there and and it it just it makes it so much it makes the time go much faster because instead of sitting there bored you know I'm not literally watching the clock but everyone knows that when you watch the clock time moves moves slower and so just doing that made it made it a lot more enjoyable to play and and makes makes everything make more sense you know i have i feel like i have a reason for being in pots like my reason for raising isn't i have ace jack and that's a raising hand like my reason for for raising it has to do with who the players are and i mean obviously you know that's a valid reason to raise but you know i have i I feel like i'm more in tune with the game when i'm when i'm playing that way and so you know i i don't disparage anybody who wants to sit there with an ipad and and just grind uh, and and just play an ABC you know blind game and know that they're gonna play fundamentally better than most people. I, I have no I don't disparage anybody that wants to do that, but it just it doesn't I don't like it. It <laughs> it's just not enjoyable to me at all. I'd rather play I'd rather play totally focused for for four or five hours than just kind of grind away for for eight hours. You know what I mean? So and I and I'll take less money too. I'll take I'd rather. I'd rather, you know, play five hours and, and make $50 an hour, just, just as an example, than play eight hours and make 40, you know, eight, eight times four, it's 320, you know, five times 50 is 250. Like I'll take the 250 and enjoy my five hours rather than, you know, grind away, for, you know, for eight anyways. So that was just kind of what's been, what's been happening, uh, for me and, and, another thing kind of related to to like the poker table i guess is that or 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 kind of tying in with that with life actually this is a total subject change but oh well i've been dealing with some like anxiety and i have like some i have some like mild ocd tendencies nothing to nothing that nothing that i think would require any type of medication or professional help just just kind of things that that uh that just make me feel crazy sometimes and so 
I've kind of been dealing with that. And then so that causes some indecision and kind of like paralysis by analysis as far as thinking about poker and thinking about getting a job and things like that. And so, and, and when I'm in those moments, when there's, I've found that when there's indecision in my life and when I don't know really what direction I should be going in, you know, should I be just going all in with applying for jobs? Should I, should I just continue putting effort into poker? Should I do something else on my own? That's not poker. And when I have this indecision, I find that the like anxiety and, and like compulsive tendencies, uh, or OCD tendencies kind of, they come up a lot more and they flare up, which is why I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an anxiety or OCD problem. I think it's a, I think it's just something that it just, it's like a symptom of, it's a symptom of a larger problem. So I've kind of been, I've been looking at that and kind of just trying to be in tune with my, with my mind and, and my body and, and listen to like the symptoms that it's telling me, you know, it's, my, when my mind's racing and, and thinking about things that it doesn't need to be thinking about and worrying about things that it doesn't need to be worrying about, it's kind of a clue to me that, okay, th- that means that you're dealing with something where in your life where you, you don't have a clear path and you, and you don't have a clear direction. And that's totally okay. You know, it's, we don't always need to have a super clear path. So, I mean, that indecision, there's a, there's a Louis CK quote that, that says something, something along the lines of you're 25. It's okay. It's feeling lost is part of the, is part of the path. And, and you shouldn't ignore it. You should see what those feelings are telling you. And so that always helps me in those moments of like, Oh, okay. It's okay uh, to be lost and confused and not have a, a super direct, not feel like I have a super direct path uh, at, at this moment. So that those, the point of me talking about this is that those feelings of anxiety and, and when I have a little bit more, uh, when like the OCD things kind of rear their head, it's kind of a clue to me that, okay, bring it back a little bit and, and think of, you know, it's time to, it's time to look at the, look at the options that you have and pick one because, you're you've done enough of this like this one or this one or this one or this one and then you end up going nowhere so i actually made myself sick i think um i started coming down with a cold and and uh you know i'd wake up with a sore throat and and i could just tell that the reason i was making myself sick was because i was so anxious and i was so just worrying all the time about stuff and as soon as i started feeling sick i said fuck this you know, I'm making myself sick and this is ridiculous. So I just kind of like chilled out and, uh, and, and tried my best just to not think about, not think about anything except for what I was doing right at that moment. And I know it sounds cliche to say like living in the moment and all that stuff, but it really, it really is important to, to be in, in the present. You'll find that you're much happier and I'm terrible at it, but, uh, trying to get better at it. So you'll definitely find that you're that you're much happier when you can do that when you're not thinking about the past or worrying about the future and just like you know being in that just if you're playing poker play poker if you're if you're not if you're if you're like you know working out work out if if you're sleeping sleep you know don't don't be thinking about other stuff uh, unnecessarily so 
that's something I've, I've kind of been dealing with. Um, couple, couple interesting things that happened on, on, on the felt. One of, one of which was, as I was talking about before, I had been experimenting with not buying in for the, for the full, for the max buy-in and just covering the people who I thought I needed to cover. And that would make it so that I wouldn't get myself into unnecessarily tough spots against good players with deep stacks where, where it's, where I'm, you know, break even at best for the last hundred big blinds, you know? So I sat down at a must move game and I did that. I bought in for whatever I thought I I needed to buy in for. I bought in for, I covered the person who had the deepest stack who I thought I needed to cover. And there were a couple guys who the, the, basically the people I chose not to cover were kind of like some nitty, some nitty regs who I don't think they're good players. I'm not afraid of playing. I'm not afraid of playing deep against them, but I don't think it matters so much. I don't think that I think we're pretty much going to break even on that last hundred big blinds just because they're so uh, hesitant to stack. They're not going to stack off light and I'm not going to stack off light against them. And you could say that I should put the extra money on the table just so I have bluffing leverage against them. And, you know, if a cooler does come up, I'll probably like I'll probably be able to fold more often than they will, even if it's a small percentage of the time. So, and I do agree with that, but the, the reason I chose not to put the money on the table was because it was a must move game and things were going pretty quick. And so I wanted to just, I wanted to just wait until I got to the main game to, cause I didn't really want to get to the main game and then have a full buy-in and, you know, have somebody really good on my left or something like that. And so I decided to, to keep, you know, my, my stack where it was. And of course, of course I ended up coolering, uh, one of the guys who had me cover or who, who had a full buy and I ended up coolering him and I flopped a set against his aces and which isn't necessarily a cooler, but he wasn't ever folding. So, which is probably a leak on his part. And so I, I of course sort of second guessed myself in hindsight, obviously didn't know this beforehand but in hindsight and this is a guy that i haven't played with a lot but i i did know that he was a relatively tight player and i in hindsight i said man like if he's stacking off with aces that easily i mean the money went in on the turn like the we would have got all the money in i'm relatively certain if we had 1500 stacks and so I, i started to second guess myself you know like maybe i should be covering this guy because if he's just gonna play his hand that way um then and he played his hand. I he I don't I don't uh, love the way he played his hand, but uh, with with the stack sizes, I'm definitely stacking off with those stack sizes. But uh, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe if he had 1500, there's a it's possible that he plays his hand a different way. Uh, that's that's I mean, if I would play, I would have played my hand a different way if we had 1500 stacks. So things who knows what would have happened. But anyways. The point is that it was just like I was just sitting there kind of laughing like of course when I try when I decide that I'm going to that I'm going to experiment with buying in shorter I just totally stone cooler this guy and uh and potentially would have gotten uh more more out of it but that's not uh it's not the end of the world obviously I'm I don't want to be results oriented because there have been times when I've bought in shorter and and been very pleased with 
the things that I was able to do with that stack size against somebody who where in a, if I had a if I had a deeper stack I would have been in a much more precarious situation so so no harm done there and the last thing I want to talk about is something that I have dealt with uh, uh, or I've seen quite a bit and it just kind of some it happened again and it made me just kind of think like there are there are a, a set of people in the poker room who are not professional poker players but who are very aware of what's going on they're aware of they're aware of uh the fact that people play poker for a living and they kind of resent it they kind of they uh, these these people are a lot of them are life crushers and they they have a lot of money and they make a lot of money and so it's not about the money but they kind of resent the fact that there are professional poker players maybe and because they want to you know because they see guys like us who are who are playing for a living who who don't just gamble it up like they do and and we play you know smart and whatever and and I'm never I'm not one to I don't I don't berate anybody at the table for their play and I I think I'm a pretty I think I'm a pretty reasonable guy to be at the table with, but I don't, I don't hide the fact that I'm a professional poker player. And, and I mean, I obviously don't tell people unless somebody directly asks that question. And even then I'm, I don't like, I don't like answering it, but you know, I will. So, but there are this, there's this subset of people who kind of like disparage the people who, who play poker for a living and, and look down at, they'll make comments like, Oh, these, these pros playing with these pros you know, and stuff like that. And like, if, if, if I make a, if I fold a lot or something like that, or if I think for a while and make a fold and, and the bug, Oh, you know, this, these pros, they, they just fold and all this, you know, yada, yada. And it reminds me a lot of getting made fun of in high school and, and earlier getting made fun of in school for being smart. It reminds me a lot of the, of the jocks and the, and the, not that, you know, like the, just people making fun, the bullies making fun of me for being smart. I didn't get a lot of it, but there was some of it. And, and it's just, I just don't understand it really. I mean, everybody has a different, everybody has, has a different reason to be at the poker table. And, you know, I, I don't, I, I think it's silly to gamble. Like I don't enjoy gambling. I, I, even if I wasn't, even if I, somebody just gave me millions of dollars and I all of a sudden didn't need money anymore, I would not go to the casino and gamble ever. I, and when I played poker, I would, maybe I wouldn't try to squeeze every nickel I could like I do now, uh, and try to play everything as well as I can. Maybe I'd relax a little bit, but I would still be trying to win. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call like if, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the gamblers, they'll call, they'll call getting, you know, not the right price for a flush draw or not the right price for, or even worse than that. You know, they'll call with a gut shot or, or they'll call a three bet preflop with, with, you know, 10, six offsuit or whatever people do because they just want to win the pot and they're like, ah, you know, let's see what the flop is. And, you know, they, they, they get high off of the rush of gambling. I don't. Even if I didn't need the money, even if I was doing it for recreation, what's fun for me is the strategy behind it and trying to win and trying to to do my best. So, 
So that doesn't make sense to me, but I don't disparage anybody who wants to do that. And I mean, I obviously love that being a professional poker player, like being somebody that makes a living doing it. I obviously love the people who want to come in and do stupid things, even though they know they're stupid. That's fine. So it just, it just kind of is weird that, <laughs> that somebody would say that somebody would is clearly like disparaging me for being a professional poker player. And I think it's kind of, it comes down to like an ego thing. I think they, it makes them feel better about themselves that, you know, they see professional poker players as kind of, as kind of scummy, I guess, or bottom feeders or whatever. And they're so rich that, that, and I'm, you know, and people like us are making a living off of the money that they just throw away. And so, you know, there's something like that going on, but it just kind of, it just kind of, irked me that you know it just kind of irks me that that there's this disparaging view of of professional poker players from the people who are there to to like splash around you know i mean in a sense we're the business and they're the customer um in a kind of indirect sense and i mean so so businesses like recreational businesses don't disparage people you know or people who who uh who go and patronize uh, recreational businesses, you know, things like things like, you know, traveling and going on tours while traveling and, and, or, or just like fun things. They don't, they don't say like, Oh, these ridiculous people that make a living by selling me things that I don't need. You know, I, I just, <laughs> just, so it's weird. I, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but it, it just kind of was something I was thinking about and thought that it was a little strange that somebody would disparage you based on what you do for a living. And, and, uh, and you know, not that I guess you could disparage somebody based on what they do for a living, but not when you, not in that sort of, well, not when it's that close of a relationship anyways. So that's just something that, uh, that I noticed and that I was thinking about and, just kind of made me laugh too because i know that it's not about me and it's not about how you know i'm such a bad person for (laughs) playing poker for a living i know it's about those guys wanting to feel superior and thus that's kind of the things that they like to say uh whether they are or aren't superior i have no comment but um but it's just kind of an interesting thing that i uh that i observed so Last thing, I think I might have said that that was the last thing, but uh, I have one more. I, while I was playing, I got into a conversation with this guy, and I hate getting in conversations about being a professional poker player because guys will ask questions like they're just they they know just enough about the poker world to know that there are professional poker players and there are people, you know. Like I think I've told a story before about a guy who was at the table and was like, where do all the pros play? Like didn't even cross his mind that there were people that were playing poker for a living that were not Daniel Negreanu and Phil Ivey, you know? So he's like, where are all the pros? And I'm like, there are six at this table. So, but, but there are guys that know just a little bit more than that. So they know, they know that there are people grinding low and mid stakes games in Vegas for a living, but they don't quite know enough to know that those people probably don't want to get into a conversation about it at the table. And so this guy, this guy would say, you know, he was asking questions about playing poker for a living and he would say, Oh, like, is it, where do you like to play? Is this the best place to play? And, uh, and, and things like that. And just kind of, it was okay. You know, I tried to answer the questions and, and kind of move on. And he'd, and he said another one, the, the one that made me kind of, 
I, I answered it quite extensively was, you know, so you have, you have your buddies and stuff that you have like deals with, with the good players to not play like big pots against them and stuff. And I just said, no, you know, I'm not, a, I'm an equal opportunity. I'm an equal opportunity offender when it comes to playing poker, because I think it's just horrible for the game to have people have deals where they just check it down or, or whatever. Like it's one thing to be friends, but you know, I've played some pretty big pots with my, with some of my friends and, and we don't, we don't shy away from playing pots against each other. You know, the only, the only thing that maybe could make it look like there's collusion going on or there's a deal is that, yeah, if there's a good player, like I'm going to play fewer pots against them because they're good, not because they're my friend, because they're a good player. And, and, when you play against a good player, fewer hands, fewer situations are profitable because they don't open themselves up to, to, to being exploited by other players nearly as often as the average player. So, so yeah, maybe I play less pots against them, but it's not because they're my friend or because we're, we're both professionals and let's not have, we don't want to have the variance of playing against each other and yeah, yeah, no, it's not about that. So, so I did kind of get, give an answer to that to that question because it it just muddles everything up you know that's just another reason i said that i don't do that is because it just muddles everything up because now what if i'm in a three-way pot with me and and somebody who i have a deal with and then a fish and so now not only do i have to think about like the two guys's range and and you know, what I should do, what's the best, most profitable action. Now I have to think about, well, I have a deal with him. So maybe is he going to play differently because of our deal? And should I play differently because of our deal? And what should I do? I don't want to, I don't want to do something that makes him mad because he thought we had a deal. And now I do something that, that maybe like hurts his chances of winning the pot or something like that. It just muddles everything up. So I kind of told the guy, like, I have, I have friends that play and we, and we play pots against each other and we play, play hands against each other just as if we didn't know each other other than the fact that we probably know a lot about each other's game, but there's no friends at the poker table, you know? And, and, and I'm been pretty fortunate that I have good friends, uh, like people who understand this. And so off the table, you know, I can play a big pot. Like, I mean, a couple, a few years ago, I played a huge pot against a good friend of mine and we went and had dinner like 20 minutes later, you know, and we were just kind of laughing about it, you know? So, and then, you know, he's gotten me back a, a couple times. So, so, you know, it's, you want to have, you want to have people who, who can understand that, you know, you're playing the game and, but it's just the game, you know, and you're not, it, like just because you decided to just because you you won a big pot against somebody it doesn't it doesn't affect your friendship so so i don't have any of those kind of deals with with anybody it just it just kind of muddles things up and and i actually had a guy a few years ago who who i played a pot against him at the venetian and after the hand he took me away from the table. He had bet, he had raised preflop and bet the flop, and checked to me on the turn, and I bet, and he folded. And he 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 says, "Hey, can I talk to you for a second? I said, "Okay, sure." And he said, "You know, I don't, he's like, I don't think we should be, you know, playing hard against each other, you know, because we're both good players, and and we should kind of reduce our variance, and you know, 
not not you know we don't there's no reason for us to play hard against each other and i was like dude like you don't even know what i had you you folded the turn how do you know how do you know i was playing hard against you maybe i had like a super standard great hand you know and i don't remember particularly what i had but i know it was an easy bet on the turn and 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 he's like oh no 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 i know and i'm not saying you know i'm and i said well dude like what do you want like i'm not going to soft play or anything like that and he's like no 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 not soft play i'm just saying like there's no reason for us to take high variance spots against each other i'm like so you want me to soft play like that's i'm gonna take i'm gonna take every spot that i think is good against you regardless of you know if i think there's a plus ev spot I'm going to take it, you know, I, 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 so, so either you're saying you want me to soft play you or you're not, but, but there's no like, Oh, let's just not take big very, I don't know. So I didn't like that very much. And I don't think he liked my answer, but, uh, that's just too fucking bad. I guess, you know, if he doesn't, if he wants to, if he wants to have arrangements like that with people, that's fine. But it just, to me, it just muddles everything up when you have arrangements with people like that. And, and so I try my, my best to avoid it. Funnily enough, Funnily enough, that guy, uh, that guy went on to bink a tournament, uh, like a year later. And, uh, and so who's the idiot, I guess maybe it's me. So (laughs) anyways, with that, I think I'm going to wrap it up. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode again. My name is Taylor Kusha, AKA Kushlash, and this has been Kushlash in Vegas, the podcast. Hope you guys are enjoying it and I will see you all next time.